Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brent here from American English with this guy. And I'm not sure if you can tell, but I'm actually in bed. I've been sick in bed for about the last three days. And it gave me the idea that if you're learning English, you probably want to know how to talk about being sick. So in today's English lesson, we are going to talk about vocabulary words, common sayings, idioms, English phrasal verbs that we use when we talk about being sick. It's about October as I'm filming this, and it's the start of cold and flu season. It's cold and flu season basically goes from October until probably March here. A lot of people get sick at this time. So in today's lesson, I'm going to focus on the common cold and flu and the symptoms that we have and some of the remedies or ways we fix ourselves from being sick. One thing that always makes me feel better is taking a shower and getting some fresh air outside. So that's what I'm gonna do. And the next time you see me, hopefully I'll be looking a little better after a shower outside, getting some fresh air, and we'll talk about being sick in English. All right, I took my shower, I took my medicine, and now I'm down by the river for a little fresh air. Sometimes that can help when you're sick, to get a little fresh air. That's what we call it when you get outside, get out of the house. Maybe you're feeling a little cooped up inside or stuck inside and there's too much stale air. That's the opposite of fresh air. Have you heard that word before, stale? Think about a bag of potato chips and maybe you open them, but you accidentally leave them open all night. Well, the next day, your potato chips, they're stale. They don't taste good anymore. We can describe air inside if you've been cooped up as stale. Not really good if you're feeling sick. Let's talk about symptoms. Those are the reasons you are feeling bad. If you go to the doctor's office, one of the first things they might ask you is what are your symptoms? So let's start this part of the body, right up here. So you might have a stuffy head. Let's talk about that word stuffy for a second. Stuffy is an adjective, <clears throat> but it can also be a verb. So let's say you have a really small car and you need to get a lot of people inside. You might say that you are stuffing them inside. So it's full, just like a stuffy head. It might be full of a bunch of junk up there and it really makes your headache. You, you might have a headache. You could also have a, a stuffy nose and that is when your nose is full of stuff. We might call that stuff snot. Not exactly fun to think about, but think about the last time you had a cold and there was a bunch of stuff in your nose, call that stuff 
snot. But what if the opposite is happening? Your nose isn't stuffy, it's runny. And there is stuff flowing from your nose. We, we could call that snot. We might call it mucus. But mucus can also be found in the throat. Now, right here is your throat. I, I can't point to my throat. This is my neck. My throat is on the inside of my neck. And sometimes you can have a scratchy throat or an itchy throat, or your throat could be full of mucus. Let's talk about scratchy and itchy. They're, they're basically the same. Let's say I wanted to scratch my shoulder. Hopefully you can see that I'm scratching or itching my shoulder. Well, if your throat is sore, you might say that it's scratchy or itchy, almost like you want to itch it, but you can't. The same could happen for your eyes. You might have scratchy eyes or itchy eyes. That is sometimes a symptom of being sick. If your throat is itchy or scratchy, you might often have to clear your throat. And this is what it sounds like when someone clears their throat. <clears throat> Almost like you're trying to get that junk or that mucus out from your throat. Sometimes you might have aches and pains all over your body. It's what we call it when your, your body hurts. You have aches and pains. And sometimes your joints hurt. You may be wondering, what's a joint? Well, look at, you see my elbow? Where, where it bends like that? Those are your joints. So any place your, your body bends, we call it a joint. And sometimes your joints really hurt if you're sick. Another thing that might happen if you're sick is that you run a temperature or you run a fever. And that is when your body is really hot. Remember, in the United States, we use Fahrenheit to tell temperature. So 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit is the average temperature for the human body. If it goes higher than that, guess what? You're running a temperature or you're running a fever. Well, how do you know if you're running a temperature or a fever? You'll take your temperature with a thermometer. And most of the time with a thermometer, at least these days, we will tuck it under the tongue. If you're running a fever, if your body is really hot, you might get the chills or the shivers. That's when your body is actually feeling really cold. If you're sneezing a lot, and in English we say hachoo, hachoo, that, that's a sneeze. I don't know what it is in your language, but you might need some tissues. If you're as old as I am or older, you might know temperatures were at one time taken a different way, and I don't really wanna go into that, but you could take it under the tongue, you could take it under the armpit. The armpit, can you see that? The armpit is right there, or there's another way that I'm definitely not going to talk about. If you're sick, let's talk about ways to get you better. And we call these things remedies. Now, you might know medicine. I took some medicine at the beginning of this lesson, but there are two kinds of medicine here in the United States. There is something we call over-the-counter medicine. Basically, you can go into any store 
and buy over-the-counter medicine. This, the medicine that I took at the beginning of this video was over-the-counter. I didn't need a doctor's prescription. That's the next kind of medicine. It's usually a little bit more heavy duty. It's a little stronger. And if you take it the wrong way, it could really hurt you. So you'll have to go to the doctor's office and get a prescription for medicine that might work a little bit better. And we call that prescription medicine. You'll often have to get that at the pharmacy. You might also hear one of the best ways to cure the common cold is to get plenty of rest. That means laying in bed a lot. Now, when I say laying in bed, that might actually be grammatically incorrect. But guess what? That's what native speakers say all the time. Like, hey, I'm gonna go lay down in bed. I think lie down in bed is correct, but if you wanna sound more natural, say it the wrong way, like we do here in the United States. If this English lesson is helping you in any way, do you mind hitting that like button? And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, go ahead and subscribe. You might wanna ring that bell so you never miss another English lesson. Another remedy or another way to feel better when you're sick is to drink plenty of fluids or drink plenty of liquids. They're basically the same thing. So lots of water to keep your body hydrated. Maybe some orange juice because some people feel that vitamin C which is in orange juice, will really help you fight that cold. I've talked about the common cold a couple times in this lesson, so I just want to be clear. You can be cold. That's the opposite of hot. And for some reason, when you're sick and you just have the regular aches and pains, stuffy nose, runny nose, stuffy head, we call that the common cold. But a slang term you'll often hear where I live is simply the crud. The crud, it's just, you'll get better in a few days. It's not fun to have, but it just has to run its course. When you say run its course, there's nothing you can really do to fight the common cold. It just has to go through your body and eventually, a few days later, you'll feel better. If you're coughing a lot, and coughing is like this, <coughs> that's a cough, you might take a cough drop. Or if your throat is itchy or scratchy, you might take a lozenge. A lozenge, that's kind of hard to say. It's almost like a cough drop, but it actually helps your throat feel better. A throat lozenge. I hope this lesson helped you with your English. If you're looking for another lesson about being sick, I have one about allergies. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In today's English lesson, I am going to be answering your questions. A couple days ago, I asked you to submit your questions, and you did a lot of questions. In fact, so many that I won't be able to answer them all. But 
All of these have either come from YouTube or they've come from the Discord server that uh, members can take part in. There is an option if you would like to become a member, you'll get uh, access to the Discord channel. We just chat there. It, it's a great group, actually. I just commented in there today, like just an absolutely great group. A lot of respect in there. So, you know, I had to take care of the channel members. There are questions from them, but also questions from the YouTube community subscribers. Hey, if you've subscribed to the channel, thank you so much. It helps. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to, this is going to be like live. I'm not going to edit anything out. Unless I just say something incredibly stupid, which has been known to happen from time to time. It's possible. Let's get right into it. The first question here is from Marco. Should I put my glasses on? I'll try not to. There's always a glare when I put my glasses on. But, uh, I'll put my glasses on just so I can read it a little better. All right. Marco asks, hey, teacher Brent. My question is, what is the difference in pronunciation between the words ice and eyes? That's a great question because they do sound very similar. And I almost think that at times we might pronounce them the same way. But let's use a couple uh, sentences so that you'll be able to hear the difference. I'll say it one more time. Ice, eyes. So maybe you want your drink to be a little colder. You might ask someone, do you have any ice? Do you have any ice that will definitely make your drink colder? I think I did a lesson. Maybe I can link it up there about how it's only Americans that use ice in their drinks or mostly Americans. That might be a very American thing. Putting ice cubes into your drink to make it cooler. Ice. Eyes. As I get older, my eyes are not working as well. Therefore, I need to wear glasses sometimes when I'm reading. All right, Marco, thank you for the question. I hope that helped. Hope that helped. If not, you know, leave a comment in the in the bottom and uh, I'll try to answer it. All right, the next two are from channel members. So thank you. Amina has a great question here. Hello, Brent. What is an example of nepotism? Nepotism. That to me, that's just a fun word to say. Nepotism, but it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So think about this. Ooh, let's say the president. Very powerful person. Let's say the president, they get elected by the people. That's not nepotism. But let's say the president picks their son or their daughter for a high position, that is nepotism. Nepotism is when somebody gets a job or an advantage because of a family member. Yeah, so um, that happens from time to time. It's frowned upon in the United States. Frowned upon meaning, you know, it might not be illegal. In some businesses, it is illegal, but it is definitely kind of looked down upon. It's frowned upon. You probably shouldn't do it. So anytime somebody gets a position or a job because of a family member, that is a perfect example 
of nepotism. Oh, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Godfather. Not sure if you've ever seen it, but I would recommend it. Godfather, the original Godfather 2. Francis Ford Coppola is the director of those movies. The third Godfather, a lot of people don't like it as much as the first two. And one of the lead roles went to the director's daughter, Sophia Coppola. Many people think that she did not do a great job and that she only starred in that movie because she was the director's daughter. That's an example of nepotism. Again, pretty fun to say nepotism. All right, Shevket. I hope I am pronouncing your name correctly, my friend from Turkey. Hey, Brent, what does it mean to say topsy-turvy? Thank you for your answer. This is a great one. Topsy-turvy. Top, also fun to say. Topsy-turvy. What makes me think of topsy-turvy, topsy-turvy, is if you take something and it's right side up and you turn it upside down. Often we will use this about people's lives. Now, let's say your life is going pretty well. I hope it is. But maybe, ooh, you lose your job. I could have picked something worse, but losing your job is really bad. That might cause your life to go topsy-turvy. It might turn your life upside down. It might just... You think everything is going really well one moment, and then it's not. So your life could be called topsy-turvy. It's just anytime something is disrupted, anytime something goes away, you didn't think it would go, like in a major way, topsy-turvy. You might even say, oh, I'm feeling all topsy-turvy today. That would mean you're feeling out of sorts. It's another way to say that, out of sorts, but... Just uh, life threw you a curveball. I think I've done a, a lesson about that as well. Maybe I'll put that in the a link to that. But when life throws you a curveball, something unexpected happened. And if it's a bad thing, it topsy-turvy. Just everything is different. It's not the same way it was just a few moments ago. Mm. Think of upside down with that one. All right, Julia Olise. How are you? Hi, Brent. I have a question. Um, yeah, this phrase here, not enough room to swing a cat. Is that a common phrase or not? I have heard it, but I think I've only heard it since I began this YouTube channel about uh, a little over a year ago, a year and year and a half ago. Um, it, it just sounds mean. You swing, like if you know baseball, you would swing a bat. You swing a bat to try to hit the ball. So it's a, I got a microphone here, but it's, it's a, it's like a hitting motion. Like you're, um, often parents of little children might swing their children around, you know, play a little game with them. But my goodness, it doesn't sound very nice if you're swinging a cat. I, like I know Americans do not use this. This might be a British term. I don't think Canadians use it. Who knows? Maybe Australians use it. I don't know. 
But when you hear that, it makes me think it's a very small space. For example, if you go to New York and you see many of the apartments there, they're very small because it's so expensive to live in New York. So if you go into a small apartment, you might say there's not enough room to swing a cat. But again, if you, if you want to swing a cat, that's just, it sounds very mean to me. So I know, I know Julia would not do that. Julia seems very nice, but yeah, we don't use that term here, but I think, I think that's what it means. All right. The next one, Linda, she is a channel member. Thank you so much. Um, this, this does not come from the discord, but discord, uh, server, but members can ask questions in the discord. We talk about them in there sometimes, but I think this comes from, it does. It comes from YouTube because she has a little, little token next to her name. It's like green. I think, even though I'm a little colorblind, I think that's green, greenish blue, maybe Linda. Sorry, Brent. I have another more important kind of question. When my dog goes, um, at the door and stares at me, I ask her, you got to pee? Uh, I shorten the phrase, have you got to pee, but is it correct to shorten it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, and some of you may know from, I think last week's live stream, if you're watching this, uh, when I put it out, which is in August of 2021, if you're watching it in 2022 or two to 2023, I hope things are going well. But um, I just got a dog and yeah, we often shorten things for our dogs. Um, sit, it's a common command, stay. I think the fewer words you use with an animal, the better, you know, dogs are pretty smart and they can understand a lot, but yeah, I don't think you, you, you need to use correct English with your dog. Um, yeah, gotta go pee, gotta go pee. You know, it's, that's fun to say too. You can probably get rid of the you. And I know in Italian, they get rid of that subject all the time. You got to go pee, got to go pee, pee, pee. You know, um, we also say, uh, do you have to go out? Do you want to go out? I have to go out. And we always raise our voice a little bit, right? And the dog like, huh? huh? dog does that. Yeah. So, um, and we do that to, with, with humans as well. Um, I don't know if it's the next question, but Lucian has a question about this too. Maybe I'll do his next. Um, but we often shorten things just because we're speaking with other people. You know, if it's two native English speakers speaking, we will just smush our words together. So instead of saying, I don't know why you would say this to another human, but do you have to go pee? That would be odd. Hey, when you're leaving a restaurant, I don't, you don't ask your friends, Hey, do you need to use the bathroom? I don't, I don't think you would. I think that you just trust that your friend has to use the bathroom, but I'm going to use this example. I've never asked my friend if they have to pee, but let's pretend I do. Hey, do you need to go pee? And I hope they'll say it's none of your business. Okay. But we can shorten it to, hey, you got to go pee. You need to go pee. Got to go. Got to go. So that G-O-T 
T-O, got to, could become gotta. You got to go pee? G-O-T-T-A. It's not a real word, but we often do that. I think I should make a video on that, like have to. Do you have to go pee? We often will just put have to. Do you have to go pee? H-A-F-T-A, maybe? It's not a real word, so I don't know how you would spell it, but have to. Have to becomes have to. Let's look at Lucian's because his is kind of related to this. And then I'll get back to the other question that I skipped. I'm sorry. Who did I skip? Katrina. I'll get back to you. I promise. But this is kind of related. Lucian, believe he's from Romania. Hi, Brent. I saw a lot of Americans pronouncing you as ya. You know, think about that right there. You, to make that O sound, it's a little bit harder. You know, it takes a little more work. So I think we often do that. We change the U to ya. For example, someone might say, how are you doing? You know, that could be very formal. And someone else could say, how are you doing? Why do Americans use ya instead of you? That's a great, it's a great question. But we would use that um, again because, you know, we're all speaking English. We're very comfortable with the language, so we don't feel like we need to pronounce everything perfectly. Our ears have heard English for so long that we just like, oh yeah, how you doing? How you doing? You doing okay? Yeah, yeah. So we often do that. Like rarely will you hear an answer of yes. You'll often hear yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, no. No, you know, it's just, it takes a few milliseconds extra to curve your mouth. So we just say, nah, you want, do you have to go pee? Nah. Do you want to go pee? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hopefully that helps Lucian. Hope, hope that helps. You know, I, I would say that Americans, you know, we're kind of lazy, but I think most languages when you're speaking your native language, and you're speaking to someone who also speaks your native language, I bet there are little things in Spanish or Romanian or Russian. It just, we, our mouths just kind of, we relax a little bit and run our words together, change the vowel sounds to whatever's easier. Hope that helps. All right, back to Katrina's question. Another good one here. Thank you for the question, Katrina. Hi, Brent. I would like to know what the phrase, if you would, means and when to use it. Thanks. Yeah. Great question. It doesn't actually translate well, I don't think, but it's another polite way that we might ask a question, right? Let's say you're sitting on the couch and across the room is an open window where your friend is sitting. And they might be sitting in a chair, but it's getting a little cold. You might ask, hey, if you would, uh, close that window, please. It's another way to ask a question. It's, it's very polite. So if you would, can often be used at the beginning of a question. Hey, if you would, uh, pass me that book, please. If you would, pass me the salt. So just, just another way we would ask a question politely. Next one, Ario, Ario from Indonesia. I watched Avatar. I don't, The Legend of Korra. I don't know that one. 
I do know there's like a famous uh, movie, Avatar. Avatar, but I don't think that's it. Um, I don't remember the exact date. Uh, the character name Mako. That's a type of shark in English, by the way. Mako shark. Angry to Amon's subordinates. Uh, aware. Okay, here's the at the bottom right here. Where are you keeping her? Versus where are you hiding her? All right. There's a little, little difference here. Okay. Where are you keeping her? It makes me think that that person like has kidnapped that other person. Okay. So where are you keeping her? It means like she is being forced to stay somewhere. If you say you're hiding someone, it might be for their protection. So that's an English, like how two verbs that almost mean the same thing would have a really different connotation. So um, I think it's illegal probably to keep somebody against their will to hold somebody. But where are you keeping her versus where are you hiding her? Keeping, you probably took her. Kidnapping. Hiding, you're protecting her. All right. That's a very specific example. But I wanted... um, people who are learning English to see that you could have two very similar verbs, almost the same, but underneath that connotation might mean very different things. All right. Thank you, Ario. Patty Candle from France. Um, This is another, oh yeah, pronunciation thing. Okay. Another, and I think I have a trick here to pronounce one of these very difficult words here. Um, hi, I would like to know how to pronounce certain plurals. So when Patty says plurals, you've probably studied English long enough to know that a plural is when you have more than one of something. So if you have one thing, it's singular. If you have two or more, it's plural. For example, we say places, places. So that's a, that's a, it's a little bounce at the end of that word places, uh, but we say clothes. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to like, look at clothes, clothes. When I'm, when I'm thinking about saying that word, it's so hard. Clothes. There's a, there's a TH there. And then there is an S clothes. Yep. So you know what? A lot of times I think we just pronounce it like clothes. Hey, where should I put my clothes? We don't even, we don't even like acknowledge. We don't even think about that TH there. We just, we pronounce it like, Hey, can you close the door? If you would close the door, close. Hey, where should I put my clothes? Do you have any extra clothes? I peed on myself. Why did I use that as an example? Peeing on yourself. A lot of, there's way more peeing in this uh, lesson than I thought there would be, but close clothes. It, it's pronounced clothes, clothes, not easy. So again, Americans or probably the British too, Canadians, we just find easier ways to pronounce something. And I think instead of looking at that TH there, let's just make it an S. So clothes, your clothes. Hey, maybe I say to my children, I don't know. Why are your clothes all over the room? You know, I don't even put the TH there. So, oh, is it a rule 
because sometimes I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, and I know Patty. Patty is very good at English. Um, when you when you hear rule and when you hear English together, it just doesn't make sense, right? We we don't have any rules in English. I mean, sometimes we do, but we we break them all the time. Hope you've enjoyed this English lesson. If you're looking for more English, just take a look at that one right up there. That is when I jumped off a bridge and I was still able to teach English. Thanks for watching. See you next time.